What is it about running? Why is it so popular right now? Some marathons garner up to 30,000 entries. Why? What is it about the marathon that intrigues so many people? Could it be because the struggle is real? We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm an award-winning author of books for middle grade readers, the current president of Christian Writers of the West, the Arizona chapter of American Christian Fiction Writers. Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things writing. I do some book reviews, interview amazing authors, and talk about the writing process in addition to some of my own stories. I am a storyteller at heart so welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. Today I'm going to be talking about a book that I'm honored to have two stories published in, Chicken Soup for the Souls, Running for Good. You may be very familiar with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. They've been popular since the early 90s, I believe. I remember reading the very first one that came out and walked away changed by the impact of the author's and how, with just a few hundred words, knew how to move their readers. So, grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax, as we discuss an amazing book called Running for Good, a Chicken Soup for the Soul book. Not long ago, I was browsing through the Chicken Soup for the Soul website when I noticed a call out for authors for their latest book about running. Publisher Amy Newmark and ultra marathoner Dean Carnassus were looking for stories about running. Well, I'm a runner, but also a writer, so I definitely wanted to jump at the chance to tell them a couple of stories about how running has influenced me has inspired me and motivated me to keep going through the hard times. So why is running so popular right now? I think now more than ever before. Well, at least maybe since the 70s. Well, the reason I think running is so popular is because with the help of technology, I mean, social media, YouTube videos, people can learn how to run and be inspired to run more than ever before. I don't know about you, but I just can't stand running on the treadmill at the gym. Nothing is more boring than that. But what inspires me to keep going on that treadmill is to watch some sort of video. Sometimes they have the television screens on and you can watch the news or a favorite decorating show. But for me, I like to plug in motivational videos about running. I saw ultra marathoner Dean Carnassus on a video talking about how running inspires him and why he loves to do ultra distances. And when a man who takes off and runs 135 mile runs in 120 degree heat just to cross the finish line, well, you want to listen to what that man has to say. And so I did. You may have heard of Dean Carnassus. He's the winner of the Badwater Ultramarathon. That's the 135 mile run 
across Death Valley in temperatures that reach 120 degrees. That's right. He's also ran the 350 miles uh, marathon, ultramarathon in 80 hours and 44 minutes without sleep. He single-handedly completed the relay, the 199-mile run from Calistoga to Santa Cruz, 11 times. He's ran a marathon in the South Pole, and he has run a marathon in all 50 states in 50 consecutive days in 2006. When I first heard of him, I knew him as the guy who would eat a pizza while running. This guy is crazy, but inspiring. So when I found out that he was co-writing the Chicken Soup for the Soul, I knew I had to be a part of it. So I submitted a couple of stories and kept my fingers crossed. They oftentimes receive 1,000 stories to read through before making their final selection of only 101 stories to make it in the book. So I knew it was a slim chance of mine getting selected, but I still had to try. Because running has definitely made a huge impact on my life. Let me tell you a little bit about my running story. When I was in grade school, I had a bunch of friends who joined the track team in fifth grade. I didn't know anything about running. I, I knew that I liked softball, but I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. So I did. I remember the tryouts well. It was hard. I didn't really have fun, but I wanted to do what my friends were doing. Fast forward to about seventh and eighth grade field day. I noticed that I could run pretty fast. And so running became something that I enjoyed doing. But in high school, not so much. My PE teacher my freshman year noticed that I was tall and could run. And she said, you should try out for the track team. But I ignored her. I was still going through that awkward adolescent stage. But my sophomore year, I decided to try out for the track team. And I loved it. It was so much fun until I fell doing the hurdles and really damaged my right knee. Senior year in high school, I decided to go out for the cross-country team at the urging of my friends. I did not like running distance. I thought I was more of a sprinter, but I really didn't have the speed. So I decided to go ahead and do it. It would get me in good shape for softball tryouts. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. Now I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and cross-country started in September where it's still about 106 degrees during the day when we had to practice after school. That was not fun. But I'll tell you what, at the end of a couple of weeks of practicing, I was in really good shape. And by the end of the season, I was in the best shape I've ever been in in my life. I actually considered myself a runner the first time I ran eight miles without stopping. When I went into college, though, I didn't run all that much. I mostly got into cycling and thoroughly enjoyed it. And when I ran, I ran up a mountain we have here in town. And I noticed that I was really enjoying running. It gave me a chance to relieve a lot of stress, the stress of school, the stress of relationships, all of that stuff. Running became a crutch to me, but one that helped me be in good shape. My boyfriend and I would try and run a couple of nights during the week in addition to my cycling. Fast forward to getting married. We moved to Cherry Point, North Carolina when my husband was in the Marine Corps. 
We were blessed to live on this base, which is one of the most beautiful bases in the United States. It rests in the middle of a national forest right next to the Atlantic Ocean. Running trails threaded throughout the forest, and I enjoyed taking a run after work. Sometimes returning home from work, I didn't feel much like running, but as soon as I'd get on the base, I would see all these people out jogging along the trails that headed through the forest. And by the time I got home, I was lacing up my shoes and heading out the door for a run. Especially because my husband was overseas a lot and I was bored stiff. I didn't want to just sit and watch TV all day. So I would go out for a run sometimes twice a day. And then I signed up for my first 10K race there on the base. My husband was supposed to run it with me, but thanks to Saddam Hussein attacking Kuwait, that didn't happen. My husband was stationed overseas in the Middle East. So I had to run my first 10K by myself, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I did it. When we returned back home to Phoenix, we started running more often together. I started participating more in 10K races and 5K races. At age 40, my husband and I decided to obtain our master's degrees before we would turn 41. After graduation, we went out for a jog, and that's when my husband said, we should run a marathon. Without hesitation, I said, okay. Now, I always warn runners that the first time they run eight to 10 miles, they will fall in love with running, and I did too. You'll experience that runner's high, and you'll never look back. And it is tempting to run all the time, but I warn you, don't do it. Be sensible and rest to allow your body to heal. Now, those who listen to this advice, they go on to experience fun and exciting running events. Those who don't listen to this advice, their bodies experience injury early on. So we ran our first marathon together. My husband, unfortunately, was injured at mile six, so he had to hobble along to the finish line. But I had to run. I had to finish it because I was using it as a fundraiser for a friend whose little girl was sick. When I finished that race, I vowed never again. I had broken my toe eight weeks before the run. My foot was swollen, and I knew I had a blood blister inside my shoe. When I hobbled across the finish line and over to the med tent, I sat down. They gave me some ice, and I submerged my bloody foot into that ice water. And my mantra was, never again, never again. But just a couple of years later, I was running my next marathon. And I really enjoyed the second one. I was waving to the crowd, laughing at the signs. When I crossed the finish line, I felt like a million bucks. I thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this again. Race number three was just as rewarding. And then it happened. I had a chance to run my ultimate race. Not New York City, not Boston. For me, because we are a Marine Corps family, I knew I had to run the Marine Corps Marathon. After that, I've run three more races four ultra marathons, 19 half marathons, and two sprint triathlons. And I'm still running. So you can imagine how thrilled I was when I found out that not just one of my stories, but that two of my stories made it into the Chicken Soup for the Soul Running for Good book. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. Mostly because 
I was honored to have my stories next to some of the most inspirational stories I've ever read, and they are in this book. For instance, one lady wrote about how she runs because it helped her lose 100 pounds. Another woman wrote about how after her divorce, she felt like giving up, but running is what inspired her to keep going. There are stories in that book about running the Boston Marathon, about completing the New York Marathon, about how running helped save lives. And of course, Dean's story about running is inspirational as well. I once heard on a recent podcast, um, the Ritual podcast, where Dean was talking about why he runs and why the ultra marathon is a way for runners to get out of that rut. What is it about running? Well, it's the struggle. You can't grow unless you have resistance. And that's exactly why people love running those distances. My son once asked me, Mom, why do you run those races with those crazy distances? And immediately, without even thinking, I said, for the challenge. And it really is a challenge. After I finished my third marathon and I crossed the finish line, I felt great. In fact, I feel like I could keep going. And then I thought, I wonder if I could keep going. Are there races out there where you can keep going? So I did some research. And that next year, I signed up for my first ultra marathon, not knowing what to expect. And as I ran and completed my first 26 miles, I kept going and going. I got to 31 miles and I felt great. And I thought I did it. I can keep going after a marathon like I knew I could. And then I kept going and I got to 37 miles. I thought, wow, that's quite an accomplishment for me. Now the other racers, they were heading out for 75 miles to 100 miles in one day, but 37 was enough for me. So I stopped. And then I wondered if I could even go past that. So the next year I registered again and I kept going to 42 miles and I felt great. And then I decided, I wonder if I could do 50 miles. So that next year I registered and I ran. After the first marathon, I didn't feel as great as I had the previous year. My back was bugging me, but I still kept going. And then when the sun goes down and it gets kind of cold. Now, out here in Phoenix, Arizona, cold is 41 degrees for us. But when that sun goes down, the road starts to get a little colder and the air gets colder and my body gets tired, more and more tired. I didn't want to keep going, but I forced myself. Keep going. When I got to mile 42, I kept going because that was the previous distance. When I got to mile 43, I stopped to drink what I thought was Gatorade, but it ended up being Mountain Dew. I spit it out of my mouth and immediately felt sick to my stomach. The nausea made me wonder if I could keep going, and it also made me not drink any water for fear of vomiting. Well, as you can imagine, I became extremely dehydrated. I couldn't eat anything and I couldn't drink anything, but yet I was still running. And as I ran past one of the aid stations, the man working there stopped me and asked, are you all right? And I said, yes, why? He said, well, you were zigzagging all over the course. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. So I stopped at the med tent where my husband was waiting for me in the nice heated room. The paramedic there examined me, took my blood pressure. He said, no, your blood pressure is fine. He says, but you haven't drank anything in over an hour? I said, yeah, actually longer than that. And that concerned him. So he said, you know what? 
if you can't drink something now and keep it down, then I'm going to insist that you stop running. But I just couldn't. I was at mile 46 and my goal was 52. But I tried to drink something and I just couldn't keep it down. So I decided to take off my shoes and head home for a nice hot shower. When I got into bed, I felt like a failure because I did not meet my goal. And I posted that on social media. And the next morning when I woke up, I saw that everybody was encouraging me, that I was not a failure, that I kept going. I did the best that I could. But most importantly, I listened to my body. I listened to the medical advice and I rested. So you never want to go to that point where you're not listening to your body anymore because then you can get sick. You can get tired. You can really hurt yourself. So that was my third ultra marathon. My fourth one, unfortunately, I was sick and I only got 31 miles in. But ultra marathons, Dean Karnasas talks about that. He says, when you're out there doing those extreme distances, it's just you and God. Your body is stripped down to nothing. Your muscles ache, your bones ache, your brain is just going crazy. You start to hallucinate and your heart is just pumping right along. Everything inside of you is telling you to quit, but you know you got to keep going. And he's so right. When you get past those normal distances of like 26 miles, it's just you and your body and your God. And for me, I did a lot of talking to God that day. And he told me to listen to my body, to listen to the medical advice and stop. And I'm glad I did. So why do you run? Is it to relieve stress, to help you lose weight and stay in shape? For most runners, heading out for a run is more than just logging in miles or training for an upcoming race. No, for us, running is therapy. It's spiritual renewal. It's a way of life that we can't do without. There's just no way. If I go more than three or four days without running, I'm really cranky. In this book, Running for Good, I wrote about how running helped me heal after suffering the tremendous loss of my older sister, Tammy. I have since lost my mom, aunts, uncles, grandparents, as well as beloved pet dog. And I continue to use running as a time of therapy and renewal. I do a lot of talking to God while I run. I know my sister and my mom wouldn't want me to stop doing what I love, so I run for them and all those who can no longer hit the trails. Running is a way to enjoy life and a prolonged healthy lifestyle helps. Smart training and planning can ensure successful race completion if you're the type who wants to run races. I have found running to keep my health balanced and my body fit. And in the Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Running for Good, you will read so many stories about people who found new health through running. Their stories are incredibly motivating. So if you're having trouble lacing up your shoes and getting out there and running no matter what the weather is or no matter where you live I strongly suggest you read this book for motivation in 2018 I trained for the Rome Marathon I had to have a complete physical as part of the race registration process my doctor was astounded by the results of my blood work 
I haven't seen such excellent numbers in a long time, she said. Running, I said. Clean living and running will do that for you. And I'm so grateful to God, because there was a time when I couldn't run. I was bedridden when I was pregnant, and I was a person who was running about three miles a day back then. But the doctor said no, and so for almost six months, I had to lie in bed, no exercise at all. And I remember being so depressed after about four months of being in bed, and I started bargaining with God, and I said, please, Lord, please, if you help me get out of this, I promise I will never take exercise for granted again. Every time I work out, I will give you the glory. I will be so grateful, Lord. And he answered that prayer. And even when my son was still in the stroller, we ran our first 5K race together. I pushed him in the stroller as he enjoyed the sights. And I've been running ever since. And every time I run afterwards, I always thank God for giving me that gift back. Because I know what it's like to have it taken away. I run for pleasure and for life, but I know I won't be able to do it forever. So I also ride my bike, swim, do Pilates, and hike, and add in a little Zumba and strength training here and there. An active lifestyle goes along with spiritual health and mental health. Because I've learned so much about how running improves my mental health, I plan on getting my master's degree in mental health and wellness from Grand Canyon University this coming fall. Writing more about how running can improve emotional stability in addition to physical stability is my goal. I'd like to have more stories out there for people to be motivated by. Hopefully more and more people will be inspired to try running. I have just a few more races to enter. I just completed the Walt Disney World Dopey Challenge Race, which is a 48-mile race, four races in four days. And my last marathon, Lord willing, will be the Honolulu Marathon coming up in about three years. I'll have a few half marathons in between. So I do have a few more races to enter and complete before I hang up my running shoes officially. I also have more metaphorical races to enter and complete. Running is like life, especially like the Christian life. You have to get through the obstacles. You have to keep going no matter what. But people along the way who have endured the race before, they'll encourage you and cheer you on to the finish line. Running has prepared me for the obstacles I will face in life. And I hope to inspire others to try running and see for themselves how their bodies and mental state will grow stronger. Running really is for good. Now it's your turn. Do you run? If you do, how has running changed your life? If not, what do you do to maintain mental health and renewal? You should have a plan. You should have coping strategies, whether it's journaling, listening to your favorite music, taking a walk during the middle of the day, hiking, swimming, watching your favorite show, we're just going out for a cup of coffee with a friend. Everybody needs to have some way of maintaining that mental health and spiritual renewal. For me, it's running. Thank you for joining me today on this episode, and I hope I've inspired you to pick up the book 
Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. It's a great book with so many amazing stories, and I'm honored to have two stories in that book. When you get a chance, maybe lace up your shoes and head out the door for a jog, just to see what it's like. If not, go for a walk and enjoy the beautiful weather that we're blessed with before it turns to about 116 degrees in a couple of months. But most of all, keep going forward, one step at a time. And God bless.